This podcast is brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. Thanks for listening. Good morning, everyone. Once again, I'm thankful for this opportunity to read and pray Psalms together with you. Now, someone once said, singing connects the mind with the heart. Another said, what I can't explain, I can find a song that can. We see the magic of singing displayed in countless concerts where songs draw out the emotions of the people and unite the crowd. Singing does something that is amazing. It connects people from all walks of life to a common theme, the lyrics of the song. That's why we have school songs, we have a national song, and even Olympics have their theme songs. Well, singing is a very important aspect of the people of God as well. That's why the Psalms are written, to be sung with one heart amongst God's people. The heartfelt singing of the Psalms is like a reflection of our souls. It uncovers our thoughts, our acknowledgement of God, and our experience of His divine character. So let's begin this morning reading Psalm 149. Please read it with me from your end. Psalm 149. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise in the assembly of His faithful people. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let the people of Zion be glad in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with tambourine and harp. For the Lord takes delight in his people. He crowns the humble with victory. Let his faithful people rejoice in this honor and sing for joy on their beds. May the praise of God be in their mouths and a double-edged sword in their hands to inflict vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples to bind their kings with fetters, their nobles with shackles of iron, to carry out the sentence written against them. This is the glory of all his faithful people. Praise the Lord. Now on Monday, we walked into Psalm 146 to praise the salvation that God made available to us. We're drawn to the lyrics of trusting our eternal God instead of mortals. On Tuesday, we heard the joy of returning home from exile in Psalm 147. We saw the Lord as the rescuer, the provider, the commander of his people. His compassion was ever ready to heal the brokenhearted and bind up the wounds of his people. And yesterday, we stepped into Psalm 148. And almost like a child, we sat on a slide of creation and glide from the highest heaven to the depths of the earth. We witnessed and felt the breeze of the praise of God's creation. Then the psalmist arrived at the final group and then he paused at God's image barriers. And we were invited to join in praising the Lord under the banner of his horn of salvation. King Jesus. Now this morning we come to the second last psalm of the Psalter. And here the people of Israel mentioned in the last verse of yesterday's Psalm 148. The, the people of Israel, they are called to sing praise to the Lord in 
greater details. What we saw with regards to humans back in Psalm 148 comes into greater details here. And so let's get into Psalm 149, beginning with verses 1 to 3. Verses 1 to 3 begins with this call to praise from the Lord's people. Notice how the psalmist used sing and praise and rejoice and glad to describe the emotions of the people of Zion. The psalmist calls the assembly, sing a new song for a new situation and dance and make music, evoking fresh joys and emotions before the Lord, verse 2, their maker and their king. Now, this picture of Israel expressing themselves through singing and dancing and music are deep in their culture. In fact, in 2 Samuel chapter 6, read of Israel's greatest king, King David. He danced with great joy amongst lowly servants in the streets of Jerusalem when God's ark was brought into the promised land. Now, the question we might have is, what is the hype? For Psalm 149 that stirs up such joyful singing and dancing. Well, the psalmist says it comes from the people's relationship with the Lord and the Lord taking delight in them. Listen to verses 4 to 5 again. Let me read it for us. For the Lord takes delight in his people. He crowns the humble with victory. Let his faithful people rejoice in this honor and sing for joy on their beds. What a joy it will be for anyone to hear the Lord is delight with him or her. What more can you and I ask for than to hear that the Lord says he is pleased with you or me? We heard that verbalized at the baptism of Jesus. Now in this psalm, the Lord's delight is in His people, those humble before Him. There's so much joy for the occasion that even when the people lie down exhausted in their beds, verse 5 says the praise and joy of the Lord stays with them. Such delight will taste sweeter than honey. But now as this hallelujah chorus continues, it may suddenly come as a surprise to us that it is actually part of a war song, a praise for God as He executes vengeance. Look carefully at verses 6 to 9 with me. The praise of God be in their mouths, a double-edged sword in their hands to inflict vengeance punishment on the people, bind their kings, their nobles with shackles to carry out the sentence written against them. This is the glory of all his faithful people. Now, we do not know if this psalm was written after a specific war. It could be any situations. Perhaps Israel's escape from Egypt from long ago or their victory over Goliath after fleeing from the enemies in David's time, or David's uh, victorious march into Jerusalem, or even his return from exile after fleeing from Absalom in his old age. 
Well, we do not know what occasion prompted this psalm. Well, actually, we do not need to know which war initiated this hallelujah chorus. Because the point of Psalm 149 is about the Lord lifting up His humble people from the pits and crown them with victory. Psalm 149 is a praise derived from the victory God gives Israel over their enemies. So how do we sing this hallelujah chorus? The language of vengeance can be very unsettling. In fact, can a country today claim this psalm when they go to war against another? Are wars even worth singing about? And it comes back to us, can we in this 21st century sing with the ancient Israel such a song of vengeance? Well, for us to consider the relevance of Psalm 149, we have to go back and understand what was involved in the ancient wars by Israel before applying this psalm appropriately, if it is possible. Now, with the little time that we have, we'll briefly consider two crucial points regarding wars for the ancient Israel as a nation. Here are the two brief but crucial points. Number one, ancient Israel was often God's means to execute judgment in the Old Testament. Israel was not merely a nation that displayed God's power. It was a nation called to execute God's justice. Now consider with me Genesis chapter 15, verse 15 to 16. This is God's word saying to Abraham. It says, You, Abram, however, will go to your ancestors in peace and be buried at a good old age. In the fourth generation, your descendants will come back here, for the sins of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. Now, Abraham would die in the promised land. His grandson Jacob would leave that land and his descendants would end up as slaves in Egypt. But at God's perfect timing, Israel, which is now a nation, eventually comes out of Egypt and enters the promised land, which is also God's timing that His judgment is now ripe for the people living there. Now, when we look at verses 6 to 9 of Psalm 149, we are meant to recognize that it was not a personal enemy, but the judgment on kings and princes who have opposed the Lord God by declaring war against His people. Now, the second crucial point is this. The Hallelujah Chorus is sung with the king's victory in mind. This is not a victory against personal enemies that we think about as we come to work on any particular day. This is really a victory of God and God's anointed king. In Psalm 149 verse 2, we read that God was the people's king. At the end of Psalm 148 verse 14 yesterday, we read that God was raising up a horn, the king of Zion. So this hallelujah chorus is sung both to God and his anointed king for their victory. And this second last psalm, in fact, is a response to the second psalm of this whole Psalter, which said in Psalm 2 verse 2, the kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed king. 
In fact, it goes on in Psalm 2, verse 11 and 12. Serve the king with fear and celebrate his rule with trembling. Kiss his son or he will be angry and your way will lead to your destruction. For his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. So the Hallelujah Chorus, a song with the king's victory in mind. So dear brothers and sisters, friends, how do you and I sing Psalm 149? We are to sing about the great judgment and victory that our King of Zion brings with him. And to be very clear, we can only sing this under the banner of King Jesus in order to sing Psalm 149 as God's people and not God's enemies. And being a people who no longer have a geographical kingdom, but rather a spiritual and eternal one, the sword that we carry with our praise in verse 6 cannot be a physical sword. Rather, the New Testament tells us that we have a sword of truth, and this sword can bring life as well as judgment. To those who hear this truth and repent, they will join the fold as part of the king's choir. In fact, our Lord Jesus himself said in Mark 1, 15, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. That will be the most excellent way to destroy the enemies. We can almost say this with regard to the sword of truth. I destroy my enemies when I make them my friends. The enemies of God can be destroyed, in a sense, by bringing them to believe in God's King. And the King will offer them forgiveness and eternal life by removing the sting of sin and death with them. We've seen this also in the New Testament, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4 to 5. But for those who resist the offer of the sword of truth, they will have to defend themselves before the Holy an all-knowing eternal king when he comes back. We've seen that in Psalm 2 verse 12. So friends, as we close, let us remember that Psalm 149 is truly a hallelujah for the victory and judgment of God and of his anointed king. This is a psalm we shall sing incompletely today. But in the future, we will join the rest of creation, the heavenly choir, to sing 149 perfectly. So with that, let us close our time this morning with our prayer. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, praise be your name. For salvation, glory, and power belongs to you. We have seen your judgment on the cross of Jesus to save those who repent and believe. And we will see your judgment in the future when our King returns to bring perfect justice. In the meantime, please help us. Help us to proclaim the gospel truth so that many can turn back to your Son and avoid our own destruction. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, thank you everyone for joining us today, our second last morning psalms. God willing, we'll see each other one more time tomorrow morning at 7.45.
But as we go forth, let me just play a song by Jason Silver on Psalm 149 for you.
listening to this podcast brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. For more information, visit us online at busypc.sg.